exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. This is The Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Milanowski. Today, Reverend Joyce Merritt joins us on Cumberland Road. Joyce is the founder and director of Stillwater's Family Ministries, a ministry in Middle Tennessee that serves families with a focus on single parent families who need a hand up to move forward to the full and secure life God wants for all God's children. In addition to the Stillwaters Ministries, Joyce also serves as a parish associate for the Murfreesboro First Presbyterian Church and is the author of a book of poems, Naked Before God, A Journey into Light and Life. Joyce is an ordained Cumberland Presbyterian minister, has served in several ministerial capacities within the denomination, and she and her husband, Tim, live on a family farm in Rockville, Tennessee. Joyce, it's good to have you on the program today. How are you? Doing great. It's great to be here. Thanks, TJ. I'd like to start our conversation with a question about journey and about experiences. A great place to start for our faith journey is by asking, can you recall your earliest encounter with God? That's a great question. And my first encounter that impacted me uh, in a way that, uh, that God took hold of me, let's put it that way. Because in a way, I think I, maybe I never didn't know that God loved me. Uh, being reared in the church, you know, and raised in the church, which is a, a wonderful testament to to our church and our churches. But I was at a revival. Um, Brother M.B. was his name in the summer. Um, and I was young. I was like six years old. And he was a very charismatic, dynamic preacher. And he began, um, you know, his sermons. And, and I, I, I don't know why, but I was just enthralled. And one evening, I just started crying. And I, I couldn't stop crying. I wasn't sad. And I, it makes me want to cry to think of it. And I, uh, at the end, Mama said, Joyce, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know. I just, I can't stop crying. And she said, do you want to get saved? And I, I knew that was it. And so I did. And, you know, of course I was, I was young and there were people that thought you don't know what you didn't know what you were doing, but I did. And, um, and of course we went through, that was the first formative, you know, and I, and I feel like I, I've had a running conversation with God ever since then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I had another moment, uh, is it okay to share the second moment? <laughs> of course, please. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was in college for the first time, I don't, I don't know that I'd ever had uh, doubts even then, but I felt like I might be considering them. <laughs> you know, the new ideas and, uh, and intellectual a way of seeing things. And I, you know, i I'm all about learning all I can, nothing, nothing down on that. But it made me begin to have wondering thoughts. And I just um, was miserable uh, in that place of, of unknowing and 
um, I began to have nightmares. I, <laughs> this is one silly little thing, I guess, if you weren't in the middle of it, but I was in an apartment by myself and, and I had been having these nightmares and I woke up and um, there was a guy knocking on my window <laughs> and trying to get in and he had been in the wrong apartment, uh, looking in the wrong apartment. And I, I was just like, this is, this is it, God. What, you know, really, I mean, on top of my nightmares and then this, and so I opened the Bible and I read where it said, um, you know, do not, and I should have prepared this before to tell you the exact scripture reference, but it's, um, do not be afraid because your brothers and sisters around the world are going through the same thing. But the first part of that was the devil, like a lion, prowls about seeing who he can devour. <laughs> and I just said, God, Seriously, is that supposed to comfort me? Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm about to be devoured. And then, but when I saw that my brothers and sisters had not endured more, it really comforted me. And then after a little bit more of the nightmares, I had a dream where I saw the evil one coming for me and and it was uh, going to get me, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And, and I, uh, I just cried out. I was standing in my dream in my mother's house. And I said, help, Jesus. And this light just came between me and the Satan figure. The figure disappeared, and the light just came into me. And... Um, I didn't have those nightmares anymore. <laughs> um, and, and, and unfortunately, perhaps, the way that the Holy Spirit tends to seem to get my attention is to make me cry. So <laughs> I, I tend to tune up. People that have heard me preach, I'll get to a point and they'll see me tuning up. But um, that, that was um, my two big, I guess, movements that I can really recall that... Um, you know, well, and then the third one would be the call to ministry. That was a pretty big one, but I won't go into that. We don't have all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has your faith in Jesus Christ given you purpose? Um, I, I guess I just feel like that is my faith in Jesus Christ is the, the bottom of my reality. I think it's the bottom of reality. Um, so it, it is our purpose, if that makes any sense. Um, and I guess my ministry is I want other people to, to know that and to know that um, God loves us so much. You know, Jesus, <laughs> um, Jesus has gone to an awful lot of trouble. Uh, God has gone to a lot of trouble through Jesus to be with us, to be with us, to be among us, to be sharing our pain in the midst of this COVID and in the midst of our struggles and in the midst of our doubts, you know, Jesus was right there the whole time. He'd never abandoned me. Um, I was just having to be honest about my own, you know, worries. And it, it helps me uh, in that wounded healer way that when a college student asks me, I think I'm losing my faith because 
um, I'm having a doubt and I say, oh, if you're concerned about it, you don't need to worry. You go <laughs> ahead and you work through this because, you know, God is right there with you. Uh, mm -hmm. Jesus is with you and um, God loves you. And, and that's the bottom line. And that is such good news. And it's good news that everybody needs to hear. So, I mean, that is the purpose of my life. Mm -hmm. let, let me go back to a comment that you made earlier in terms of messages that you received through dreams or even visions. Uh, how has your how has your life changed since uh, your encounters and impact that you had in I don't know, do you want to call it a dream state? But obviously there was a message there that was your second greatest encounter in your faith journey. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to be careful about that. And I, I was almost cringing at myself as I shared it, because I don't think, I think God speaks to us all in the way that we can hear God, because God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so I don't want anybody to think, oh, I need to have some emotional dream or even an emotional encounter. You know, some people are not going to have, have an emotional encounter. Um, but for me, I have had the the dreams, the the, the nightmarish instances, and then the the dream. And it after I had the dream of the light entering me, I I did not have that terrible, empty, fearful thing <laughs> that I was yeah. dealing with. It 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 that that was the I know Jesus had been working all along, but that was when I was confirmed, I guess, in knowing that I could relax and maybe quit depending on myself so much, you know? Oh, okay. um, there was another time that I, in seminary, uh, since you mentioned that sort of an encounter, when I was um, very stressed out, and seminary students, you would probably relate to this, it was uh, Greek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a Greek exam. <laughs> Just in, in addition to everything else. Also, I was about to graduate and, you know, my life was about to change and I mm -hmm. wasn't sure I wanted to let go of what I had to let go of. And um, I tend to always wrestle. Um, I, I, it's like I never just, you know, let go and let God. <laughs> I tell everybody that, but I'm the one that's hanging on for dear life and saying, but now here's the better idea, God, that you should try it this way. But anyway, I, all of this was coming down. and. And by the way, there was a Greek test that, of course, nobody's ever totally prepared for. And um, I was just stressed to death. And I had sort of a dream vision. And in that, I saw Jesus across the field looking back at me. And he had reached his hand out toward me. And he was motioning, come on come on with this joyful expression that basically was saying this adventure is just beginning. This is <laughs> going to be good. Come on. And, and I, you know, I did really well on my Greek test. That was, you know, also because I'd studied, <laughs> but, but Jesus uh, was there with me and, um, and that helped me through that moment, you know? Yeah. I, I think God, 
is not limited by our imaginations and so can speak to us you mentioned this earlier speak to us in ways in which we can we can hear and be encouraged by and so those were some significant aspects and encounters in your life Joyce I want to ask you another question who has had a great impact on your journey of faith well wow. oh, there's, there's been a bunch and of course I have to say my parents you know um, because they just lived the way of Christ um, it was just second nature you know it was never it never seemed like um, okay, now we are going to sit here and have this devotion. You know, I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with having a devotion, again, I, I, but, but for us, it was just, it informed, now I knew that my parents prayed about every significant decision, and, and then Mama saw the hand of God in everything she did. She was kind of waiting, you know, to, to follow that, and my dad as well. But then from there, I had a pastor, um, Pastor Pat McGahey, who came to our little Rockville Cumberland Presbyterian Church when I was in middle school. And he just, uh, he just, I would bet lots of people would say he was a great influence on them. And he was just as real as real could be. But the, the light of God just shone through him. And um, he remained a mentor for me after I grew up and, and, you know, when I went, felt the call to ministry, we corresponded. He's passed away now, but, um, I'm so delighted if anybody ever says, Oh, that sounds just like brother Pat. <laughs> he was, he was a, he was a good guy. Where is God working in your life today? You know, wherever I let God, <laughs> not, not <laughs> God, I'm always, I'm always wrestling, you know, um, but in still waters, of course, I see God at work um, with the families that we serve and, and um, the courage that God, that has to come from God to help them overcome uh, obstacles that I wonder if I could have overcome and then keep trying and instead of becoming bitter and giving up uh, to continue to receive love of God and of, of others and, and to be able to continue to go forward and still waters, you know, any mission uh, you've talked to, I know other uh, folks in the mission field, it's, it's a challenge. It's a constant challenge. There's never enough of us. You know, we have to depend on God. We have to be you know, the treasure in clay jars, right? Because that's very obvious to, to those of us that are, are struggling in the mission field. But, but God is at work and, and God is moving us forward. And I, I'm just, you know, continually thankful to God that we can uh, have new opportunities to serve and we hope to expand through still waters. Also, you know, I'm, I'm the parish associate in, our, in a church where I said no to three times before I agreed because I, I thought I could only do still waters, but I was missing something uh, and God just sort of insisted and being a part of a pastoral ministry is, has been really important 
to go together with the the mission for this kind of mission and for me as Joyce <laughs> um, and, and I'm able to be the parish associate so it means I'm not the senior pastor so it doesn't all rest on my shoulders here mm -hmm. so that I can really give myself the still waters and God knew what God was doing you know and dovetailing those two things um, you know God always knows it's me that's always trying to figure out and uh, I'm sure things would go a lot smoother if I would stop all the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce, the wrestler. <laughs> God is like, there she goes again. <laughs> Take a few minutes to talk a little bit about still waters yeah. and how it came about and how it is serving a very specific population in, in our community. So, folks can know more about it. Sure. Um, actually, Stillwaters, I would say, is sort of inadvertently been a part of me since before I knew God was calling me. I was in family literacy and I began to see that there was this group of folks that had been invisible to me. Um, I'm sure they weren't invisible to everybody, but I'd been living my happy little life and didn't realize there was these folks that were struggling. They were hungry for food. They were hungry for education. They were hungry for life. They were hungry for God. They were hungry. And um, I was like, wow, you know, uh, you know, you, you guys need to know God better. And the church needs to know you better. And this, this is going to be just the marriage made in heaven, We're gonna, you know. And um, from there, God said, yeah, get with it, you know. <laughs> and then there, uh, I accepted the call to ministry. But the moment wasn't right to, to begin still waters, even though I had done some other outreach ministries, kind of similar. Uh, to start with, uh, through the Cookville Church, we did a, a ministry in the housing authority. But uh, I was a senior pastor at Rockvale and had been there a little while, and we realized that the children's home was doing a single-parent family ministry, which was pretty much exactly what we wanted to do. We had already begun to talk about it in our church and in our denomination in the area. And so we just really replicated what they were doing at the children's home at that time. And um, from there, uh, we said, well, well, we wonder if we'll be able to find a space to do this. And like before the words were out of our mouth, Jerusalem Church said, we have a space that we would like for you to utilize because you've got any use for it. <laughs> you know. And then we said, well, it'll probably be a while before we have anybody live in it, but almost instantly. You know, we had a family in there and it just started multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. So what we do is we, we find living spaces and we have a, a space that is owned by the church works really well. So there's a house in Manchester that's owned by the Manchester Cumberland Presbyterian Church. There's a, a house uh, that was that we used in Winchester uh and the same situation and we've used a house in that way with jerusalem church and, and joywood which wasn't a church but they had the space at the time uh, they had already you know ended their ministry by the time we started using that space but but anyway we 
find a space that young families, well, not necessarily young, but usually a single parent normally, we have served parents that have uh, families that have two parents, um, and they just need they just need some support to be stable for a little while. He leaves me beside still waters, you know, he's towards myself, uh, so that they can get their feet under them. They may need more education. They may just need a better job. They may just need help for three months, you know, to get through this hard patch, uh, to get established in the community. So we've had people anywhere from three weeks to almost three years. I think we're coming up on some folks that are actually getting their master's degree with wow. our, our support. Um, but the idea is that the family can move out from under our supervision and be secure and provide for their family and be connected to a local church, to a local community and have that whole support system that many of us were so blessed to have without thinking much about it. Um, we kind of become that support system until they can, you know, move forward to the fullness of life that God wants for all God's children. And it looks different for every single family, you know, they all have their own goals. So we, we commit, we collaborate with community resources. Uh, Insight Counseling provides counseling for our families and uh, you know, legal aid may provide help to help them get child support. You know, most of them are gonna need that. Um, and, and, you know, we can, uh, Ag Extension Agency is wonderful to provide life skills and those sorts of things. So we try to connect and collaborate and help them to meet their goals and, some of the neatest successes have been where we give up the space they're living in. So for them to keep uh, as long as they want to, for example, um, we, we rented the house from Winchester. These wonderful churches usually rent to us at cost, you know, just, just enough to barely pay their, their taxes. And so we rented a house from Winchester and the family, that lived there last uh, became successful and then they took over the lease. And now that family just by, I uh, just found out is, is, is buying a house. Wow. Um, and yeah, and there's a family in the Joywood house. We had several families come through the, I'm sorry, Joywood, the Jerusalem house. Uh, he had like three families and then the fourth family got so connected to the church and did so well and was able to pay her own rent that she took over the lease and now she is connected and so she stays there we we're we moved away from there so those are you know kind of a different way instead of them coming to us and then going out sometimes you know we can come up uh, to help them find a place where they can then remain and we can move on but we hope to build on what will be a, a sort of a mini campus in the, the Murfreesboro area. That'll be the next thing. Hopefully you'll be hearing from us will be a building program. <laughs> All right. Well, Joyce, speaking of hope, it leads us into a new thought is what hopes and ideas and dreams do you have for the church? Awesome question. I, I've, I've tried to think that through and thinking about uh, talking with you today and what I wish 
what I pray that we can um, come to is, is number one, you know, to get back to the excitement of our connection to God and to one another and to prayerfully listen. And I think we're in a listening moment now. I think, I think, I don't think God is throwing lightning bolts at us and it's a see if we'll jump. I don't, I don't think, you know, this is a, any kind of punishment or anything, but in this timeout moment, <laughs> we've got time to think and to consider and to try new things, you know, like this. And, and I feel like in the moment when we can listen to the movement of God and have the courage to act on it, um, that, that's number one. Not that we haven't always been doing that, but we can all improve on that. I, I certainly can improve on that. And then number two, every church, every ministry in the denomination and in the church at large, has just some amazing gifts that God has poured out upon them. And let's don't sit on those gifts. You know, every church should have a ministry where the, not only are they being served, but they are serving. So maybe it's the, you know, the Rockville church's mission to help the homeless and the Murfreesboro Church's mission to provide fabulous music ministry. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm just making up examples there, but there are already examples of that happening and you, you're interviewing a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like that, that God has given us so many gifts and it's not just individuals that are the hands and feet and the eyes and the ears. It's churches um, that are the hands and feet and the eyes and ears. And um, let's just be bold and go forward and use what God has given us because we're, we're growing in, in our spiritual um, depth and breadth and uh, lives when we are using up everything that God gives us. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's kind of like, and I, I hope that our, and, and I think that, that new days are coming. Um, I'm hopeful. Uh, we're, we're connecting online. We're, we're seeing one another that maybe we haven't seen in a while because, oh, look, you know, they're, they're in this podcast or <laughs> we're listening. And so, yeah, I pray for listening. I pray for courage and I pray for acting on that courage uh, so that we can be more, more vibrant than ever and be willing to do something different. You know, yeah. we, I won't venture into that, but, but I think God would lead us there if we would quit being a Joyce and quit wrestling over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that praying for, to, to act on courage. It, it's one thing to have it, but it's also another thing to act upon courage. Yeah. And as you mentioned, trying different things. Yeah. Joyce, how can we continue to follow your faith journey? Um. You're, there's a, a Facebook page for Still Waters, um, and you can get a, a, some idea. I don't post everything because we have some privacy issues, but um, on the Still Waters Family Ministry Facebook, there are other Still Waters ministries out there that, that have nothing to do with us, and I'm sure they're fine ministries, but don't be confused. <laughs> we're, we're Still Waters Family Ministries. 
and it's connected to Joyce Merritt or Murfreesboro, Tennessee, you know, but you can find us on the web and you'll recognize that this is us. And you can, you can follow us there. Um, I, I've given you my contact information, TJ, and anybody's welcome to contact me, email me, text me. I'm an open book. And, you know, eventually we, we, we need to get a, another website up other than Facebook, but right now it's just the Facebook page. Okay. Joyce, thank you for your time and thank you for joining us. Tell a friend and travel with us on our next journey down Cumberland Road. Thank you.